This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Wrestling Network friends and family. Welcome to this special uh, in-between, I guess you could say. The in-between, like the upside down in Stranger Things. Episode of your home for everything current, up-to-date, modern-day wrestling. Place to be Nation's main event. I am your uh, tri-host, Scott Criscolo. Yes, this is normally an off week. We had a banging episode last week. We will have another full episode next week. But we have now decided, or at least I have now decided, I guess I'm allowed to, that... uh, when we have a, a big pay-per-view on the off week, uh, we are definitely going to do a preview. And, of course, this was not a scheduled week for the show. As a matter of fact, if you're listening to this on Friday, there were three pay-per-views, to, uh, three uh, podcasts that dropped today. Uh, early this morning, my man Luke Jennings had a special uh, pod, uh, one of his special pod blasts. He was recapping Living Dangerously 1998. What's going on in the background, I it sounds like a newsroom. Um, That's uh, just saying. <laughs> um, and uh, and then, of course, at noon was the newest episode of Who's Next with Andy Atherton and the gang. And this just dropped. So three pods today. Very busy day here on the PTB Wrestling Network. But, of course, Sunday is a historic day in wrestling. Not only is it the fourth or let me think. I guess the fourth iteration of AEW Revolution. Uh, right? Is it the fourth one? Uh, I don't know. Is this the fourth one? I think it is, actually. Um, 2020. Um, yeah, I guess it is the f- 20, 21, 22. It's the fifth one, actually. Uh, and I want to I make something clear. Uh, I added it. Of course, this past Wednesday, uh, the other day, was a new episode of Wrestle Tracks, myself and Greg Diener. In honor of Mr. Uh, Borden, watched Super Brawl 2, which, of course, the main event was one of his biggest moments in his career. And I had said that that was the only pay-per-view in wrestling history, major wrestling history, that ever dropped on Leap Year Day. That is incorrect, because the inaugural revolution in 2020, pre-vid was on leap year day, February 29th, 2020. In case anybody didn't know that. So, in any event, we're going to preview Revolution tonight. And, of course, I have to have these two gentlemen with me because one of them is the AEW man. The other is just the man. But he doesn't have Becky Lynch's striking uh, orange hair. Or does he? I bet you this guy did have orange hair at some point in his life. He is the conscience of Place to Be Nation. Hello, Steve Aloysius Willie. Hello, hello. Did you have orange hair at some point? You look like a guy that would have orange hair while listening to Linkin Park. Oh, God, I hate Linkin Park. Or Hoobastank. Um, <laughs> I had kind of reddish orange hair, yeah. Hoobastank? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, finding a whole bunch of, uh, like, little nope. baby pictures and uh, pictures of, like, preschool and kindergarten. My hair was really red. Nobody listened to Hoobastank. <laughs> no. They had a song, didn't they? They had... They had one. 
Yeah, they but nobody listened to Lincoln Park. There were definitely nobody listened to Lincoln Park. Well, I shouldn't say nobody listened to Lincoln Park, but they were too boo. Were they like bougie rock for you, Steve? Were you more? No, incubus? it was just like like I listened to their first couple of songs. That was like that early two thousand like incubus. like kind of hard rock type, which were probably like on every single WWE pay per view at the time. Yeah, in other words, exactly. In other words, every song that came out between nineteen ninety nine and two thousand three that was yeah. a WWE pay per view theme all sounded the same. Yeah, they were all yeah. like Lincoln Park knockoffs. Exactly. Or Stained or Drowning Pool or insert 2000s band here. Boom. Here comes the boom. That was a pay-per-view theme. And I think it was the Dudley's theme for like a day until Vince stopped wanting to pay for it and had Jim Johnston make something. Stone Uh, Cold Metal. Stone Cold Metal. Uh, Hello, Boogie the Bayou, Andrew Reich. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Hey! Did you ever have orange hair? Did you ever yeah, what's orange that? Hair? Did you ever have orange hair? Uh, I had... <laughs> I tried to dye my own hair blonde when I was in college and it turned red. Does that count? <laughs> I thought you wanted to wear orange similar to the uh, mid-2000s Phoenix Suns jerseys. Oh, the no. seven, sec- seven seconds or less? Um, Ugh. no, Awful. um... I was thinking about the bands. Um, the one I liked was Fuel. I don't know if you remember Fuel. Oh, yeah. I saw Fuel. You saw Fuel? They opened for Aerosmith in 2001, actually. Yeah, that, that's, um. I mean, we're kind of, we're we're close to the same age. So, like, <laughs> that's uh, that's sort of in our wheelhouse. But, yeah, pretty yeah, much any, any, any um, WWF pay-per-view between probably, like, 2001 and 2005, it's probably one of those songs, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Like every ECW from like the last two years had like let's let the bodies at deplore on it. I think. Oh yes. Or is that or is that like the WWE ECW? That was the uh, WWE version of ECW. They used it well, as a theme all the time. Well, let the bodies hit the floor. I think was the theme for SummerSlam '01. Because I remember that that song playing through the whole Kurt Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also and, were on a huge um, like um, thing. With saliva, saliva had yeah. a oh, they, they were big saliva and stained. Well, now uh, the, drowning. Now pool it's the weekend. <laughs> yeah, god awful. Uh, uh, drowning pool actually played. Remember, they played Triple H's theme at uh, WrestleMania eighteen, 18. Mm-hmm. in Toronto because uh, Lemmy was sleeping, but he made it up because <laughs> two years. Well, he did it twice. Well, in the he's next three he's years. still sleeping, isn't he? Does it well permanently, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> um. The following year, if I remember correctly, 2003, was it WrestleMania 19, Triple H, uh, was it? Well, I know it was WrestleMania 21 in L.A., uh, Motorhead played Triple H's theme. Maybe they didn't do it in WrestleMania 19. No, that was that was limp. Never mind. Um, they played uh, Taker's theme, so. Okay. Anyway, enough talking about crap rock music of the early 2000s. Um, <laughs> gentlemen, uh, thank you for joining me on our off week, only because we really needed to do a show, even if it's just a quick blast. We'll try to go no longer than, you know, 45-ish, uh, to talk about the big show on uh, Sunday night, the fifth AEW Revolution. Wow. Uh, taking place in Greensboro. Uh, the first, the first AEW pay per view ever in uh, uh, 
history in the state of North Carolina. Of course, the same venue that Sting, of course, took on Ric Flair at Clash 1, which was considered to be the match that established Sting as one of the top stars in the wrestling industry. And, of course, uh, he would spend the rest of 88 just kind of moving up the ranks and getting known by the fans. And then by 89, when he started feuding with Muda and and that whole Funk Flair kind of thing, Sting had established himself pretty much as a as a player in, in Crockett and in WCW. And, of course, he'd win his first world title the following year at Bash 90. Fast forward 35 years later, and we say farewell on Sunday when he takes on Le Jacksons with his boy Darby Allen for the uh, tag team titles in a tornado match. Uh, before we get to the picks... I just want to talk about this feud for a minute, Boogie. What, because a lot of criticism has been said about the build being kind of up and down and wonky and this weird flare shit at the end coming up that's been happened the last couple weeks. But overall, what what uh, ha, have you felt about the build to this match for Sting? Uh, I feel like it's an ode to Sting that they've been building towards a lot of the elements of the story involving the Bucks and involving Darby and Sting teaming up with him and even the flair part because he got included into the into the AEW roster at Sting's basically request back in I, I want to say November. So he's been along for the ride too, but it's really all designed it's not all happenstance. This was all done because either Sting handpicked what he wanted to do or Tony had a, you know, Tony and people can make fun of Tony Khan all they want about uh, how he gets he's he's knee jerk about, you know, and unreasonable about a lot of things that he books. But there are I think this is one where he very carefully and very astutely spread out the ideas that they had. If you watch the last episode of Dynamite, that Sting would be an active member before mm-hmm. uh, Revolution. The the Bucks are out with white bats. You know, and they're trying to because they're wearing the white attire with the new succession themes on, which is hilarious. And they're chasing around looking for Sting. Well, they go into a locker room and it's uh it's it's like a it's like a red lit room with a bunch of uh bats hanging on the ceiling. That is the same setting that Sting had for his last promo on Nitro. Oh so wow. So it wasn't it wasn't a coincidence. He also right before knocking on the door, I think one of the Jackson says, well, one it, there's one thing we know about sure about saying this. Nothing's for sure. Another, you know, mm-hmm. another nod back to uh, to Sting. So it was almost like um, it was almost like a needle drop. You know, you hear a lot a lot about that with Netflix and all these different shows where like they put something in. They put a song right in the middle of something. It's like, oh, that hits just right. And um, and for Sting, I think it's just a great it's a great um, injection of um, nostalgia and it really, they did a wonderful job with him coming down the rafters, even though I think some people may have ex- thought it might happen because of the Owen accent. You're never, sh- it's one of those things where it, if it's retired, no one ever does it again. You're, you don't mind because of the danger factor, but they must've cleared it with everybody. Sting wanted to do it. And, down he came and it was a great moment um i thought the i thought the camera work involving the bucks and turning them around realizing that sting was behind him was fantastic um but i do like the fact that they brought that they brought this home with 
a pretty clear idea of how to make Sting look strong. The only part, Scott, that I do think they threw into the mix, and some reports have said that this is what happened, is Sting and Darby winning the tag belts. That's the mm-hmm. one where I don't think that was planned from the be- like uh, from the beginning. Where or I don't even know if Steve Borden even wanted that, you know, because he probably didn't want to just have a belt on top of him taking it from a another guy. But Tony probably insisted to so that there was something at stake when they wrestled the Bucks at Revolution, which will be the main event. And uh, I, I really have enjoyed it. Um, it's going to be sad to see him really go on his last run, but I mean. Me and Jordan always talked about this when we talked when we would talk about AEW on our show. Is that Jordan? May, Jordan specifically would say this a lot. That Sting's batting average, even in the first four years uh, at AEW, his batting average was very high. He wouldn't always be on the shows, and he always wouldn't be at the on the top match. But he just every time he was asked to deliver something memorable, he always did. Whether it be showing up and reuniting with Muda at Grand Slam, going through two tables in Revolution two years ago, which was completely insane, and and the surprise uh, the surprise debut, uh, which was during COVID, unfortunately, but it was still a great surprise with Tony Schiavone doing what everybody knows and know now is it's Sting, and um, just he always creates memorable moments. I'm pretty sure he'll do another one. Uh, I said this already. On the show a couple weeks ago, I would love it if if Sting said if they won the match and Sting said, you know what, Darby, I don't want the tag match to be my last match. I want you to be my last match. And they just have an impromptu main event match. I don't think they're going to do it, but I think it'd be hilarious if they did. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you like, give Sting one match a night, unless you do what you normally do with Sting in AEW, which is have Darby do all the work, and Sting just yells I've, and stands. So. I'll, dis- I'll, di- I'll respectfully disagree. Even though, rationally, that makes absolutely perfect sense, I think that he's going to go balls out. I think Steve Borden's going to go balls out. He's going to be like, okay, this is it. We got, I got nothing left in the tank after this. Let's go. But then again, you always hear old guys say, I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory, and then Tom Brady throws three interceptions, looks like crap in his last game. So... <laughs> Like there has to be a reasonability of like, okay, what can we expect out of a like a close to seventy year old man? That's my only. That's that's my fear. My only fear about this match is that he gets hurt. First off, I loved Tom Brady's last last game. Thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) Number two, um, uh, yeah, I, I think I think the match will be fine. We'll get to it in a minute. But Steve, what have what have what have your thoughts been on the build? up to this point of just this kind of feud with the Bucks and was the Bucks the right choice? Sting's only been with Darby this whole time. He hasn't wrestled any singles matches, everything. I I don't even think there's been a, maybe like one trios match that Darby wasn't a part of, but um, it, I feel like it had to be a tag team match there intertwined uh both of them talk extremely extremely high about each other um there's a the players tribune website like once a year or so they have someone from aew write an article and darby just like just i don't want to say swooned but just could not say enough high high like how much he regards Sting in a highway, and then Sting did an interview with Sports Illustrated this week, where mm-hmm. it's basically the same thing, like how 
Like he's barely had to do anything to help Darby, just a couple of things here and there. And like they become really good friends. Right. Which is, is crazy if you think about it. Like he could almost be his grandpa. Um, I didn't really like the Ric Flair stuff either. If they were going to do anything, they I think they should have done it the night of the actual pay-per-view and have Rick tease that he was going to turn on Sting just like every single other time in the history of wrestling. Yeah. That player always turns on Sting, but this is the one time he doesn't. Um, I do get, I mean, the we talked about this the last time that um, Sting wanted to do this with the Bucks, that that was his choice. And so Tony went on it. So if this was um, his choice, then and this is the way he wanted to go out. I, I would never say say no to that. Um, the last few tag team matches they've done have all been the tornado style where there's no tags in or out. And I think that's done on purpose. So it is more kind of brawling. Um, so Sting might not have to, to, like you said, stand in the apron anymore. You have Darby get beat up. Uh, but he is like he's he's going to jump off of something. And like I was saying, my my big fear is that he's going to go too hard and seriously hurt himself. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen, but I do have that slight fear. What is the percentage? I thought of this. Uh, did I say this too? I think I said it with Greg on Wrestle Tracks the other day. What What do we think is the percentage that Sting dyes his hair blonde and comes out in old school fucking neon Ooh. orange tights? I would lose my. I, I mean, I'm not gonna be. I'll watch. I'm not watching the show, but. I would lose my shit if that actually happened. That'd be the cool because knowing Tony, who's a mark for himself uh, on top of history, um, I will give him the benefit of the doubt that this that would be something cool that I think he um, he could do. I'm thinking fifty fifty. I think that's not the uh, worst idea. Um, but... Andrew, when Sting and Punk and Darby tagged and, like, Punk had the old-school Sting look, did, what yeah. did Sting have? I, Sting, I can't remember. Uh, Sting wore CM Punk's uh, banner on his head. Okay, okay. Yeah, but it was still like the red, black, white, and blue Chicago flag. Yes. So, mm. I don't know. I don't think he'll try to go all completely retro. I can see Darby going retro with... The like the the orange and blue getup that that a lot of people kind of know Sting for from the Surfer days. I can see that, um, like Darby looking like I. It, that's the other like Steve's worried about what Sting's gonna do. I'm not worried about what Sting's gonna do. <laughs> I'm worried about what Darby Allen's gonna do. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling Darby's gonna take time off after this. Yeah, well, he uh, might, I think they're gonna he took time off to climb Mount Everest, which but, is uh, amazing. And he'll yeah. have no problem. He'll do it. But and also Darby got taught right by Sting, and I know he said this in some of his quotes and and in interviews uh, with the Tribune. But Darby has learned, you know, to lose, but lose for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And he's also learned, you know, to slow down. Less is more. Uh, and even though there's a lot of people that they call, I mean, there's four that they call themselves that they coin themselves as the. Uh, the four pillars of AEW, and there's a lot of really good mid guys in the mid card or in the upper upper mid card that are the future of AEW as well. But Darby 
would be a great choice. He very, very, even though his style is reckless, he very rarely takes time due to injury. He's very well known. People love him. I think his matches are extremely entertaining. Like, I think he's been really, I don't want to say carrying these tag matches that, that they've had over the last couple of months, but Darby's a big reason why they're so entertaining. And if he has to carry a lot of the weight of this match early on to create a, uh, face in peril situation so that Sting can save the day. Who could do it better than Darby Allen? You know, and I'm the Bucks in a main event. They're going to deliver. In fact, I'm trying to think about it. I don't know if the Young Bucks have been in a paper AEW pay per view main event ever. I think this would be the first time. They haven't really wrestled much at all. No, um, no. like like when people will say, "Oh, they push themselves," <clears throat> they push themselves. They only wrestled a few times last year, um, mm-hmm. and mostly stayed away. And when they have wrestled on pay-per-view, it, it, they've had incredible matches. Yeah, like, and I don't uh, think this is going to be any different. Yeah, I think when they, they step it up, <laughs> when they know the spotlight is on. Like, right. on the that cage match they had with the Lucha Brothers that I saw live is one of the best live matches I've ever seen. I like that um, match. I remember watching that on pay-per-view. The FTR yeah. matches, yep. The Hangman and um, Omega match that they had which kind of wrapped up the storyline that went back to New Japan. Uh, well, it did, like, actually, it was kind of the middle, wasn't it? Because uh, the actual title match between Hangman and Omega happened later. Right. Uh, but that was amazing match. It was one of the best AEW matches ever. So I have high hopes again. Like, I just don't... I think Sting and Darby are winning. Um, and uh, I think it's... Uh, the only the one sad thing is that uh, Sting's father passed away within the last last few weeks yeah i believe uh, they they did a promo where sting was very emotional yeah. i i believe they filmed that in his house because he yeah, didn't it was travel. within the last like three weeks or so yeah uh and so i don't know it almost it sounded like he might have been a part of the, you know the end but his sons were brought in for when it dynamite where they uh got jumped uh, by the Bucks, um, even Tony Schiavone. There, I haven't watched a lot of the Dynamites recently, but they the Bucks shoved him down, and then the next week came out and they felt bad. And as their bosses, they gave him a twenty five dollar Amazon gift card to make up for it, which I just thought was the funniest thing. That is true. It like it's like such a thing like a boss would do. Like you're doing a heck of a job. Here's like a ten dollar. Um, they love. They left Darby a bloody mess after the after the tag went, and they just kept walking around in the white suits, like yeah. uh, tampered in the blood, you know, and never got it changed. I thought that was funny as well. Yeah, it was like Jimmy Jacobs against the Briscoes mm-hmm. uh, in Ring of Honor years ago when Age of the Fall started. Yeah, I think the last like four weeks have really been good, outside of the weird flare thing last week that they already, you know, reversed. Mm-hmm. Um. It's good that they're doing this, that that the sting is the focus, because I got to be honest, um, this card overall is kind of flat. Ooh, I disagree. <laughs> I I don't I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the title match is OK. Yeah. Um, uh, well, let's let's go through it. Let's go through it. So there's nine matches. Uh, there's nine matches. Uh, nothing on the pre-show as of yet. These are all just matches. We don't know what's on what here. But we'll I'm just, sure you know. there'll be a pre-show announced at the end, but not right now. Yeah. 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 
Uh, all right, so let's start at the bottom here. So, so there is one match got moved or taken away, which I thought was kind of fucking dumb since all three guys are in this match anyway. Now we're in a match. Now it's just more. We were going to get the meat madness. I wanted to see pork chop slapping. Instead, we now have scrambled eggs. So I lose meat and I get dairy. We have the all-star scramble match. Uh, it's eight guys, and the winner will get a future world title shot. So it's Chris Jericho, Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, Lance Archer. That was the original match. Wardlow, Powerhouse, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Lance Archer. Hook, Brian Cage, Magnus. No, not my Magnus. Yeah, that got thrown off when I saw that for a second. I was go- I would have been on cloud nine, but of course he's running SmackDown. And Dante Martin. Uh, again, this is the number one contenders match, obviously. Um, who do you like, Boogie? Well, the meatiest of them all, and that's Chris Jericho. No, <laughs> but, um, the the it's story, sad. the story is, huh? <clears throat> The saggiest of them all. The saggiest of them all. Anyway. Yeah, and then the leanest meat of them all, which is Dante Martin and Magnus. I mean, they probably – Powerhouse Pops probably weighs more than those two combined. But well, um, Hook, Hook kind of looks like a vegan bacon. So. But they put the they put the meat on ice anyway. But the tr- the yeah. story that was told was that Keith Lee and Miro were also going to be included. They could they weren't they weren't going to be able to do it. Uh, I think that shows more prospects for Miro in terms of not necessarily injuries, but something else. But I'm not even going to speculate there. For this match, uh, Wardlow makes sense. I would really love to see Powerhouse Hobbs win that match because they've been on a pretty good and steady narrative of making the Don Callis family members look strong. The only one who's taken losses is the weakest link. And that's Kyle Fletcher, who's a really good wrestler as well. So I would, I would like to see Hobbs win this so that it can balance out another member of the Don Callis family later tonight, who that that night who might not come out with a victory. Uh, Warlow had a great promo. It was probably the best promo he ever had. It was almost one of those like, airing of grievances type of thing where he really wanted to get a lot off his chest and he just cut this cut this really like angry promo about how he was he doesn't get pushed anymore and how he puts the punk out and his body's still not the same since he took him out so you wonder if they're going to repush Wardlow even though he's still part of the undisputed kingdom which is weird so it really is going to come down to Wardlow Hobbs or Jericho I would love to personally see Hobbs win the match I don't even know if the what the reward is. I would have to assume like uh, I just said it's a title shot. Yeah, yes. no, I just said but, that. But 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 what type? You know, they used to have. Well, they I had a ladder that. match. They had a no, ladder. No, I just said the, the winner will yeah, receive a future title. world championship match. Okay, okay, I missed that part. But they they used to have a ladder match, but I guess it, it, there just wasn't a reason to have it, so they're just going to do this instead. Well, they were supposed to have the meat madness match, and I think they just wanted to add more guys. Because none of these guys, like Jericho wasn't originally on the pay-per-view. No, he was touring. He was actually yeah. touring Fozzy. Um, yeah, which, that match would have been, was Archer the third? Because I know the Wardlow and Powerhouse yeah. was, okay. It was Archer, no, yeah. It was Wardlow, and then they were going to add. Hobbs and Archer. Yeah, and Brian, and Brian Cage had, is feuding with Hook, so they just, like, broke that. Threw him in there. Yes. That might have been a pre-show match that they just threw in or something. Right. They, like, yeah, like you said, they were going to add Miro and Keith Lee. Tony Khan said that during the um, media call. Um, yeah, I'm. 
I'm concerned about Miro. I don't know how injured he actually is. Uh, I, I think he's been so underutilized. Um, like the couple of storylines that he had last year were so fun. The match he had with Hobbs was that's where the whole meat thing came from. Uh, you know, originally it was Big E saying it, but like all the meat chants when the two of them were going at it. I'm I'm really similar to you, Andrea. I think Wardlow's going to win because that's part of the undistributed kingdom that Adam Cole has talked about. Like Wardlow's going to win the title and give it to him. So that would make sense. And he has a past with Joe fighting uh, with him uh, over the TV title. But I'm also with you because I'd rather see Hobbs win it. Uh, Hobbs has been booked so strongly. If you remember, probably like three months ago, he utterly destroyed Jericho. It was like Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon level of destruction where Jericho barely got a move off. And Hobbs just kept um, giving him the spine buster over and over again. Um, I'm, I'll be, I like seeing uh, dudes suplex other dudes. So hook suplexing the big guys will be fun. I haven't seen Magnus. I know that they've been doing a lot of uh, people coming in from CMLL that, um, especially in the southern states, because you know that draws the Hispanic population in. Um, but I, I haven't seen him at all yet. Dante Martin will be there to fly around. Like it, it, like I brought up Ring of Honor a little while ago. This reminds me of Ring of Honor, like old school Ring of Honor, where they would just be like, "All right, let's throw four young guys or six guys in a ring to start off a show and have them go crazy for ten minutes to get the crowd excited." But the match will really not mean anything at all. Mm-hmm. So this is the like the match I'm looking forward to the least. Well, I don't know why. I, I'm still wondering why. Uh, um. Tony Khan did a, a, an audible on this. I, I mean, I would have been happy with the three meat slappers, but I mean, yeah. if they wanted to get these other guys in the match, that's fine. Yeah, just do it. Just do it with the three, and I, I guess he had a vision of what he wanted that to be with more people in it, which would have been fun. I mean, I hope they do it because just seeing right. big guys slugging it out is well, basically yeah, a five way hoss match. Sounds incredible. Yeah, nothing beats nothing beats some good meat slapping. All right, next <laughs> up, uh, we have uh, speaking of meat slapping, we're going to see some some slapping in this one amongst other moves. Um, the Blackpool, uh, combat club, which is of course, uh, our good friends, Mr. Moxley, John Dean and Broxley and Mr. Uh, Casagnoli taking on FTR. Uh, this is one of those old school, in my opinion, one of those old school, um, AW matches from the beginning where it's like, let's just get two guys. Let's just get guys together to beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. We don't need a reason. We just like seeing guys beat the shit out of each other. Southern style tag with guys beating the shit out of each other. That's exactly what it is. Pretty There's much. No re- rhyme or reason. They're bored. So let's, uh, let's fuck with them. And I think that's, I think that's, that's exactly the way that it needs John, to be. John Moxley and Dax Harwood had a one-on-one dynamite match. It's literally just 20 minutes of, ch- of brawling and chopping. But it's great. Yeah. It's a great match. <laughs> no, I think it's going to be, and I like. I have a feeling this is going to be a good match too. Uh, what do you think, uh, Boogie? Who do you like? Um. So the only thing that I thought that I didn't like about the build was that 
there was another feud in the world title scene where uh, the, the, the mechanism behind how we turned into a three-way dance was that there was a time limit draw. Well, they did the same. I always see a time limit draw as like 50-50. Oh, well, we don't really want to give away who we think is going to go over, so we're just going to push it another week, and then we'll decide who's going to go over um, because we can't agree on it yet. And they did the same thing with John Moxley and – Claudio against FTR. They went to a they went to a twenty minute time limit draw. And I really can't stand that. So that was one where they were using it to try to push it towards the pay per view, and we and they could blow it off there. I would like to see actually FTR win it because if they win it, because of the fact that they're the the cohesive team, whereas Moxley and Claudio are the catch wrestling like mm-hmm. legends. It would give a little bit. It would amp it up, and also Moxley, um, Claudio, and then and definitely Danielson with his Eddie Kingston feud. They have been pretty. They've been healing it up the same way that they did when they were feuding with the Elite. So I would like for FTR to win this so that it can um, it can fire up the BCC to sort of heal it up some more to try to get back at them. Um, I mean, the FTR is a pretty uh, driven. Uh, duo too. So if they if they lose, they can always come back with. Well, we never we want to get our we want to get our just due. So there's other ways to do it. If FTR loses the match, I think it's going to be a great match. If they give this thing about, if they give this one 20 minutes, just like they did on Dynamite, but they actually put a finish on it, people are going to love it. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, uh, this is going to be the meat <laughs> slap and replacement. I'm going back and forth on this one. And I'm overthinking it. I'm overthinking it because, like, Cash Wheeler at some point is having this trial come up in, like, a month or two. For a gun uh, charge, right. Yeah, for his gun charge. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to take him away for a while. Um, so that would lead me to, and this is why I'm overthinking it, that would make me believe that Blackpool Combat Club is going to win. But I have this feeling they're going to have to do a tag team tournament at some point. And... I could see these two getting pretty far, um, mm-hmm. but you might also uh, FTR really hasn't been doing that much, and maybe maybe they have, and I just don't watch Collision that much, and I haven't seen them, but I haven't heard them talked about a lot lately, and reestablishing them as a solid tag team, as one of the best tag teams in the world, um, in order to go after that belts uh, could be uh, necessary at this point. There's not many tag teams right now. Mm. Yeah, I mean um, they got they got a they've got a rich like possibilities of of tag teams, but they haven't been focusing on it. I think the focus has been really establishing Samoa Joe as the champion, who everybody's gunning after. Um, uh, Christian Cage obviously is the TNT champion, and then um, I, I I think there has been a a an initiative to strengthen the women's division. I just yes. think what happened is the tag team division has just gone to the fourth part. Like they're down below those three things I just said. So I think that might be what happened. It just got it just got moved down the bullpen, and it'll it'll come back up in the summer when you know just like the Continental Classic and the, the winner is like, hey, let's just have an excuse to have great wrestling matches. Well. Um, and I think Steve's right. I, if if Sting retires as the tag team champion, you can use that as an excuse to have a new tag team tournament uh, to crown a new champion. Or Darby can handpick his own partner 
uh, for the championship, and but he wants Nick Wayne, but Nick Wayne is brainwashed by his new dad, Christian Cage. <laughs> like there's a there's a few different angles you so can good. go with that, you know. But but yeah, I think there will be an initiative to have more tag team wrestling, especially when Forbidden Door gets comes around the corner. But for now, it's not it's not a big concern for them. So this is why I think the tag team stuff is other than the main event involving Sting. I don't think tag teams are really like the um the soup du jour right now. I agree with that. I think because the, the tag division was so great in AEW and the women's division has been shit that I think they have switched priorities. And I think they're thinking, well, you know, tag division, it'll be there when we get back. And to I, it. Well, the important part about the tag division, the AEW about how you said it's great. It was great. It can be. It can be again. They can do it really easily, but they don't have to. They don't have to do That's it. That's what I just said. No, they don't have yeah. to right now. They could just yeah. let it sit and kind of coast and then get back to it when they when they have to. Right. Um. Next, we have, um, let's see. So next up, we have, uh, speaking of Christian Cage, he'll be defending the TNT title against Daniel Garcia. Um, I I like this whole Nick Wayne thing. His mom is the worst actress on the planet. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's fucking horrible. It's not her acting not. skills I'm wait, I'm looking for. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I can every time I see her, I just think of the the song. I just start singing Nick Wayne's mom has got it going on. I'll, I will say this in terms of her mannerisms. <laughs> I love it. I, I will say this for Shayna Wayne. Clearly, she was involved in the wrestling business in some way, shape, or form with Buddy because she does have certain characteristics of being a manager or a diva down pat. Um, where it's like, no, there's no way that comes that naturally. So she's been a good fit within that faction, you know, along with the newly named Kill Switch. Nick Wayne got a one-on-one match with um, Orange, and uh, pretty good. It was good. It was solid. He 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 showed off a lot of good skills. He got put over by Tony Schiavone on 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 announcing. So they are very high on Nick Wayne. It's not one of these like he's not a cuck. Like they he they're gonna use him as like a as like a really like a as like a fun a fun addition to the roster. He's not like a carnival act. He's not all of a duck. Well, I'm thinking about that because Don Callis called uh, Sammy Guevara a cuck on, uh, on dynamite. And I could not stop laughing. He said, hello, Mr. Mom. And he called him a cuck hole. <laughs> I think that like, you know, obviously he's got to put on some weight and stuff, but he's a really nice guy. I, I've seen him at a bunch of indie shows when he was like 16, 17, 18 years old. And then at um, the star casting, because he ended up at the same hotel on an accident with them. And he would just hang out with fans and just talk. And like he had no, there's no reason for him to do it. And on multiple occasions, I've seen him doing that stuff. So I think, you know, that's kind of like that indie mentality where you got to, mm-hmm. it, it's not scummy, but it's like, hey, the new Indian mentality that kind of started with, um, you know, kind of ring of honor, uh, towards the later days with the bucks and stuff is like, be not befriend, but like talk to your fans, interact with your fans and they will follow you. They will support you. And uh, there's a lot of guys on this roster who came from that. Um, Danielson for sure was one of the first to do it. Um, Joe to a, a lesser extent, but a lot of the younger indie guys who, you grew up, I'm sure Dante Martin's the same. I've never met him, but uh, Garcia was someone who will talk to you. Uh, they, they can 
at Kingston. I'm looking up and down this card. Uh, and there's WWE guys are like this too, like Sammy and Kevin Owens. Every, uh, every man. Yeah. Like, yeah, that they will meet with the fans. You get behind them and then they end up getting pushes because it's, uh, you can't, you can't stop it. Yeah. I don't know if Daniel Garcia is the son of a plumber, but if that's the case, that plumber is dead because <laughs> Christian Cage is on a hunt to find anybody whose dad has passed away. It's such a shame that Sting's retiring because Christian Cage had fresh meat right there <laughs> to feud with at Revolution. But it was, but, um, did, I, did uh, I see the right that he was like, found his dad and he gave the address and then someone went on Google Maps and looked up the address and it was actually the cemetery where Garcia's like parents were buried or something. Yes, they did. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, so so Christian Cage sussed out that Daniel Garcia's dad passed away. Um and that that I mean it's become a sort of a joke, but the one thing I do like about the patriarchy, that's the name of Christian's stable, is that they're it's sort of like an acting troupe. It's kinda of like the judgment day in WWE where they're all in it together. They're all bought in. Nobody is like looking out for themselves. Everybody is sort of like part of the part of the act. And I like I enjoy that. I like the fact that they really are trying to make this stable matter and it's centralized around Christian Cage like he's some sort of a cult like God. Um, and I do think Christian's going to win this match, but I do think Daniel Garcia is going to show a lot of skills. They're definitely pushing him in the right direction over the last few months. I really, really, really want Daniel Garcia to win. It's uh, if any belt changes, if I have to choose one, only one, this is what I want to see happen. Like the only way that it can is if Edge somehow gets involved and bites everybody else off. Uh, but I, the fans are kind of clamoring for him. They've for at least a year when he was stuck in the middle of Jericho's group and the Blackpool Combat Club that, you know, you're a wrestler uh, angle and. You know, even like this year at Daddy Magic, trying to get him to dance a little bit less. And he's kind of nicely combined the two things. He's mm -hmm. very entertaining. He's an incredible wrestler. Great submission wrestler. Like oh, they, did, they did this angle where Nick Wayne gets kind of like, um, like uh, they sick, they sick Nick Wayne on him. Well, Nick Wayne turns into a, a pretzel within like five seconds. Yeah. Because, he, because Daniel Garcia is a better submission wrestler than Nick Wayne. So, um it'll be fun to see Christian Cage trying to escape all the different submissions that, that Daniel Garcia can put him in. Yeah. They did it. There's an interview with Danielson this week and they asked him like, Hey, would you add anyone else to Blackpool combat club? And they said, no, we're not going to do that. But the only person I ever possibly would, would be Daniel Garcia. Yeah. What they didn't, what they took out was the part when he said that the other one would have been QT Marshall. Yes. I thought it was going to be Stokely Hathaway. Down. It was, it was it was going to be Sean Spears, but that bastard showed up on NXT. <laughs> Didn't they just rehire QT Marshall? Isn't he back? Yeah, they did. They, yeah, he just they came did. Back, unfortunately, the haters yeah. are right. Shout out to the haters. <laughs> I mean, he, yep. he, he's a decent trainer, I guess. Um, yeah, whatever. And Sean Spears, like, that's not a big get. <laughs> um, like your big gets are your huge gets are Cody and jade cargill like don't throw sean spears in there yeah that is funny he doesn't have to be a perfect 10 now he has to be uh not a zero yeah um so do we think cage retains yeah i do yeah i, I think, think so. i don't think garcia wins 
here. I, I don't yeah, so. I don't. They'll probably get me to bite a couple times, but yeah, I think Cage wins. Okay. Um. Okay. Next up. Okay. So we have the Continental Crown Championship. Speaking of Danielson, uh, he takes on Eddie Kingston. That's not a real uh, belt. Just saying, that's not a real belt. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's a it's a it's a trio belt. It's not a single belt. It's three like belts. Ultimate Dragon. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. So like, yeah, it's a triple. It's like a somewhat of a triple crown, but it's also part. One of the belts is the trophy symbolically of winning the Continental Classic. You can't. <laughs> I would love the idea that you won a tournament, but then you have to defend having won the tournament. <laughs> we need to do this in and, sports. And the three belts. It's crazy. Yeah, so it, that, I, that's, I don't even think about the Continental Crown at all, Scott. But um, Brian Danielson just fucking hates the fact that Eddie Kingston beat him in that semis leading up to the leading up to world's end. Know. And he, he cannot let it go. Cause he's a bum. He thinks that Eddie Kingston's a bum. I think Eddie Kingston's a bum, but he's that's just me. <laughs> I think Eddie Kingston thinks he's a bum. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Like, because, I seriously do. <laughs> because that's how you got to get his, pro- that's how he's got to get his promos across. Yeah. Um, I, I'm scared for Eddie Kingston. I'm, I am I'm scared. too, actually. I'm scared for him. And I don't mean this. I, I mean this in a kayfabe way. I mean, in the, in the ring, they're going to, I've seen Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston wrestle a couple times now. There was one time on Rampage back in 21. The one that they had on um, Dynamite in the semis of the Continental Classic. Phenomenal matches. If they just give these guys a good 18 or 20 minutes, they're oh, going to be. But Danielson is, uh. like, we're talking talk about farewell tours, you know, but Sting, where, you know, Sting's batty average is high, but he doesn't have to, like, he can just be in the DH role. Brian Danielson is sitting there and he's going out and he's wrestling 30 minute match with Zack Sabre Jr. and Kazuchika Okada and this dude and this dude and this dude. And he's still going like he's taking like old John Yakiyama in collision. He's kicking him in the balls like this man is unhinged. Like he wants to go out number one. He's like doing Michael Jordan 1998. He wants to go. He might be 35, 38 years old, but he wants to go out on top. Because he's that good. Because he's Brian Danielson, for God's sake, Scott. So I think the match will be fun, but it has this inevitability to it that Brian Danielson's a better wrestler. He's going to beat him. I agree, Steve. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of red chests in this match. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, very few people get redder chests than Danielson. Um, a long time ago, we did Mission Indie Possible. I I just was looking this up. Um. I think it was Jordan and I. I don't know if Andrew, if you were with us for that too, but we looked at Brian Danielson when he did a few matches in Chikara, and uh, he had a match with Eddie that I remember on uh, the classic event Chikara. We must eat Michigan's brain. Uh, one of the, <laughs> one of, uh, and I remember that being a really good match. So, um, and that was during like his time after he got fired from WWE for the hot 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I am excited for this match because it's I mean this is going to be a meat slapper as well. Uh, Eddie Kingston has done really well the last year and a half. Um, his confidence has grown. He's never be, really been a wrestler who a person 
uh, I shouldn't just say wrestler who's really felt good about himself. Like he's, he's not, primping, op- he's not primping proper. No, he's been very open about his, uh, you know, his mental health struggles and, mm-hmm. um, his promos are always like whacking all over the place. It doesn't feel like anything is scripted. Oh, yeah. You don't yeah. even have to like, if you want to just get joy out of Eddie Kingston, Scott, just watch his promos on social media. Like, cause the AEW usually puts out the interviews, um, on there like during the shows and after the shows and there's just yeah it's he's real um and he's he's recognized that being real is his character by just being himself um and so yeah it's it's gonna be great uh, this match they're gonna beat the shit out of each other um all right i I know you don't like eddie (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna get shit for this but the i was a poor bastard who had no money and sucked at everything. That was a nice promo like six years ago. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's getting old, particularly when you have money now because you're making a ton of money. Oh, in yeah. AEW. And I just, I, it's getting old now. The feel bad for me, feel sorry for me. Cause I was a fucking loser promo. Just, it, it doesn't do anything for me anymore. It was fine when it was an AW, NWA. And when he first came to AEW, but now it's like, all right, we get it. You fucking couldn't pay your electric bill. Yabba, yabba, fucking yabba. Now you can't pay your electric bill. So get the fuck over it. I, I think, I, I I think hope, he is going away. Oh, go ahead. Please. No, I just, I, I think Danielson snaps his leg and, and kills him. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I, I, I do think, I do think Danielson wins, but, but why do we have so many goddamn belts? So is the ROH is ROH even a thing anymore? I don't want to go off the rails. We need to talk about this. Oh, ROH is ROH is lively. It's around. It's got a super card that's going to be Philadelphia. Yeah, it's around. But then why is the world title part of this cabal of metal? Yeah, I I think that's a good conversation. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, yeah, I have thoughts about it. You know, it's Um, pretty. Well, then, then again, maybe Brian Danielson will just snap it. Will just mentally snap and say, "Fuck it, I want to win the Ring of Honor World Title too," <laughs> yeah. and he'll win it in uh, April. Who knows? I mean, this. I, I never. I know I sound like a broken record. I never. I never doubt Brian Danielson's uh, ability to do anything. Like, no, I agree. Yeah. But I, I think you're going to start seeing his uh, retirement uh, eventually too. So. Oh, he. I think he's going to slow it down for sure. But he knows he's got to slow it down. That's yeah, why. Pretty, he's, that's yeah, why he's, he kept it up. Pretty much said that after all in, he's going to, excuse me, um, you know, just go to part time and maybe just do a handful of matches each year. Um, and that's not be on every week. And I still, as I thought last year, uh, I, I think it's going to be Danielson versus Nigel and Danielson putting Nigel over at all in. And I, I'm actually wearing my Nigel shirt right now. After uh, all those awful things that Nigel t- says about <laughs> him on the calls him a clam digger, <laughs> clam digger. <laughs> calls him uh, crying brian that's another one i like crying brian that's actually pretty good all right um next we have the women's title this is gonna be fun timeless tony storm defending against diana perrazzo did they rush diana perrazzo to have to have this match this quickly steve um she's been around for a couple months now but i definitely see what you're saying that like she entered and she's immediately into the the immediately going for the AEW title like she had like one or two ring of honor matches in like right between being signed and it's automatically just right there and i don't know if it's because they wanted to get this over because you know that's that uh sasha's coming 
but it, I, I've enjoyed this. Um, Me too. Like once they, I, I hope that once they get in the ring, um, they just fight, and it's not a lot of histrionics, uh, because that stuff's been fantastic. Like Tony Storm, by far my character of the year last year, and she's just it won a uh, gimmick. It won gimmick of the year with the Observer Awards. Oh, that's cool. For what it's worth for what it's yeah. Worth. It, I mean, deserved. Uh, it's been so entertaining, and generally though, when Tony gets in the ring. Unless it's like against a jobber, uh, it's a fight. It's a it's a good match. And Diana, of course, I know like Scott, you've been a long long term proponent. Yes, uh, Diana, like you've always talked her up. I love her. She's awesome. So yeah, this is only one ma- women's match. I'm assuming there'll be something with Statlander, um, maybe Julia Hart on the pre show because they've mm. been they've been like Chris Statlander and Willow and Stokely Hathaway and. Julia Hart and Sky Blue have been doing a lot together. Uh, so they're going to be the detractors. Like, there's only one women's match, but this division is going to really pick up. I mean, that's uh, in a couple months, they're probably going to be having Tony Storm and Sasha Banks. Yeah. It, I think it's weird because we're in that period where it's almost like the I always say it's like the eye of the storm in a hurricane. The eye is the calmest part. Where you know the big changes are coming, you know something big is coming, and it's going to be for this. It's Mercedes um, Monet, but he, she's not here yet, so yep. they're kind of holding off on returning Jamie Hader, and they're holding off on bringing back Britt Baker, probably because they want to drive ratings when Mercedes is back. So we're sort of you sort of have this gap, you know, and we've seen this before with changes in leadership with other companies, like when TNA was Hogan was coming in. Well, there was a co- another couple months, so they're like, hey, let's just like run back some stuff, and. Mm-hmm. They had really entertaining stuff, and then all, when Hogan again went to WCW, it was like, hey, let's just like book some things to get us through the next few months, and you wind up just having a good standard feud, and that's mm-hmm. what this is. You know, Thomas Tony Storm, Deanna Perrazzo, they also know each other well. They have matching tattoos. They've talked about that, and um, Tony Storm is still doing her moving pictures, uh, <laughs> which was, one was very Fellini-esque, which I thought was really funny. Where she got like a ta- where she got like a, a rain cloud over the tattoo that <laughs> Diana Perrazzo got. Yeah. And, uh, there was the, for Diana in the ring. She's looked good. Uh, she hasn't had the greatest exhibit of opponents. Her yeah. Madison Rain match was not very good, and it had a very awkward moment where she yes. basically dropped her on her head, and that was yeah, scary. She did. She yeah. Did. She and they know it. each other from TNA and Impact. Yeah. So it should happen. That, I know accidents happen. Sometimes we have stinkers, so I don't think they'll have a stinker here. I think it'll be a good match. Oh, it'll be a great match. But does I Tony think Tony win? Storm is retaining the title. I don't think she loses it. And that's why I think. But there's my there's my problem. You push Deanna Perrazzo up to this immediate title match just so she can lay down and grease the skids for for Mercedes Banks, BMW Banks. I don't know. I I, I didn't. I get maybe I'm being a little defensive because I love. Are you saying the booking of the women's division has been nearsighted for the last year, Scott? <laughs> what is wrong been, with you? I think it's been yeah, nearsighted. I, I think Year's day 2019. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they. Of... I think he has a, a just like Sting and Osprey. Even I think he has a grand plan, but the grand plan starts on the 13th of March. It doesn't start here. Jesus. Do to hear my hot take? So we rated four. So the so the the grand plan was four years in the making, just waiting for a better. Oh no 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 no! The moment he signed him, the moment he signed her, I think. What's your hot take, Steve? Um, my hot take, and maybe this is obvious, 
but there's not many like guy and girl like tag team like groups in wrestling you know everything is showing that march 13th and they're not even being subtle about it that it's going to be mercedes monday is showing up um they're even showing like boston bo double dollar sign t-o-n what if scott she's together with okada because we know okada's like it's about 95 percent. he's you know he's the rainmaker he's the money guy right it's yep he'll need a talking they're they're throwing out they are throwing out rumor and innuendo that that okada will show up at the dynamite in georgia the week before that but there's nothing jesus about it (laughs) it's like you got osprey's match uh osprey coming in this week and then you got Okada the next week, and then you got Mercedes Monet. The yeah, it, it's oh, weird. Cow, it feels like it, it, I feel like with AEW, and then they're even doing a new logo for Dynamite after this. After this week, that they are doing a bit of a reset, just a very mm-hmm. small one where they're like, okay, I, focus. I still think that Okada is going to jump Damian Priest, steal the briefcase, run up the ramp at night one. Snap Seth Rollins' leg and become the WWF WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I thought he was gonna say like run up the lamp and then show up on Collision <laughs> like that night. <laughs> just go early on, like show up and then just like like hop on a Tony's private jet and end up Collision. But because Collision's on the same night as Mania, only four people will be watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and then. And then Okada comes and joins the Judgment Day and then steals the briefcase, beats Seth Rollins, and becomes world champion. And then the next night, Cody looks at Okada and goes, did you ever think two years ago we'd both be standing here? And Cody looks at him and goes, nah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be the well actually guy. I don't think they're going to run a collision the same night as WrestleMania. I don't think so. No, I think they're going to. Yeah, I think they're going to. And I'm even looking at it now. They're going to be in Canada by that point, but they don't have one booked that night. I I don't even think they're going to tape one. I really, really don't. Tape, there is a. Uh, I thought I saw it on the, on the thing on the the YouTube clip that Tony does with his terrible mm-hmm. beard, uh, promoting uh, th- that. I th- I think Collision's being taped next week. I think it's on uh, Thursday. Collision, Collision. This coming Saturday was taped. They taped that in Huntsville, Alabama, and the Rampage. I know it's weird, but they they taped the Rampage that's taking place tomorrow in Springfield back on um, Saturday. So a lot of the, every single the only live event they've had before Revolution is Sting coming down the rafters, which is a great go home. Yeah, it is. It yeah. Is. All right. Um, all right. For the first, I think this might be for the first time in AEW history, the world title is not the last match. Am I wrong? Hmm. Am I wrong? I'd have to, wait, I'd wait, have to uh, repeat that question. No, um, is, Orange is this Cassidy the first against... AEW pay per view where the world title is not the last match. The oh, Orange no, no, no. Oh, God, no. There have, been, there have been quite a few times where the main event was not the world title match. Okay. All right. Times. Yeah. At first, but it was always Anarchy in the Arena uh, a couple times, the Stadium Stampedes. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Quite okay. A few times. Okay. So Samoa Joe will be defending the AEW title in a three way against Swerve and Hangman. Uh, I think Joe retains because you don't mm-hmm. want to take the shine off a of sting. So I think it'll be a fun little match. I like swerve. I used to like hangman, but I feel like the bloom has fallen off that rose. Um, 
He's yeah, but they turned him heel, bit. which is saving him. Yeah. He looks like yeah. Magnum TA right now, though. He does look like Magnum TA, which is actually kind of cool. Um, I would love to see Swerve be world. I thought champion. the I thought ah. swerving Swerve pun intended was silly. Uh, I wonder if there was some personal issue going on where he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to make it, but it turns out he can, and they just did that in case he couldn't make it. But it turns out he's going to be in the match because he faked the injury to just basically shit on Swerve and um on Dynamite. Uh, got a lot of booze though. Got a lot of booze. Yeah. And Swerve's getting yeah. a lot of cheers. Uh, I I think Swerve will be the AEW champion by the end of this calendar year. Yeah, but not I at the so end too. of the show. Not at the end of this show, but by the end no, of the no, year. No, 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 no. It's going to be. No, it'll be. It'll be. It's Joe's going to keep it because you don't want to. They win. had a tag yeah. match um, that went about 20 minutes, but they, it was um, it was a trios match. So they had three other people involved when those three got involved in the match. It was really, really good. So I think this match can be like four or five star. Excellent. I think it could be great. What yeah. I and this isn't. I am sure there has been many, many people who have said this. I don't understand how WWE missed with Swerve. And I don't say that a lot about like, oh, AEW missed with this guy or WWE missed with this guy. Um, if I look up and down the roster, like they're not many guys that have jumped back and forth. We're like, boy, they really, yeah, AEW really screwed up with Jade Cargill. No, they did great with her. Um, but Swerve Strickland, they just had him on 205 Live and NXT. And like he's, Gotta be the most improved from last year. Listen, and had he stuck so around, so entertaining. But I gotta say, Steve, I think if he had stuck around, maybe if, maybe he should have waited it out because had he stuck around, maybe he would have been in Carmelo Hayes' spot. Well, now, did that's, he leave on his own or did he get let go? He he was let go, and but and what happened was, and Scott did, and Scott mentioned it, and it's it is true because Swerve himself said it. When Triple H came back into the fray in 22 as head of creative, they tried to quickly sign him back. And mm-hmm. he said no. But that's true. Interesting. I do remember I think, that. I think, yeah. Now, he was in a good spot. By that point, he was in a good spot in AEW, and leaving would be stupid. He was but, a tag team champion with Keith Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that I think great that, that never I got think finished. That, I think that had he stuck around and maybe if it wasn't Vince um, – and it was Triple H at that time. I think Swerve would have stayed, and Swerve would be in Carmelo Hayes' spot or Trick spot. But I think more Carmelo Hayes' spot. The thing about Swerve, though, that he might not have been able to do with WWE, uh, and I'm not bashing WWE. Oh, drink somebody I'm, else's blood? Yeah, I don't think he could have done. No, that. Oh, yes. Well, in a way, that's a, in a way that's my point. Yeah. Um, not many wrestlers have the creative juices. Like, you know, like WWE is slammed for giving scripts out, right? Well, there, if you gave like, I don't know why I'm throwing shame on Liv Morgan's name, but like if you threw Liv Morgan out there and just like say, hey, do what you want, you know, come up with your own stories. I don't think that's going to go well. Um, I could say the same for, you know, quite a few AEW people, but I, I don't think they would let Swerve be as creative as he is in AEW. I don't think they'd let him do his own theme music. Um, they didn't let Chris Hero do his own theme music. Um, like he's gotten over pretty much on his own. And I think that's why people are sticking with him. Uh, he already had like the huge fans up in the, in the Northwest, but 
the song, the presentation, bringing Nana in, um, I, the athletic ability is is second to none. So there, there's just he's he's the total package. He's you know, like, like they say in baseball, right? The five tool player. He's got everything. Very eloquent so just, promo guy too. Oh yeah, um, I, I just I'm like really surprised they missed on him. And uh, yeah, like, well, 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 don't worry. They they made up for it, Steve. They signed Ricky Starks. And they have him join the bloodline on SmackDown. Oh, wait, that was a rock. Sorry, <laughs> I, I forgot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm waiting for Never. Scott to come in with the, the Dwayne Johnson joke. <laughs> <laughs> he did look like Ricky Starks. <laughs> he did. He did. Look like, I thought we were going to do a joke that. Uh, but see, he's you can't powerhouse Hobbs was hot. See, Hobbs was rock because I was hoping we could do powerhouse Hobbs could come to WWE. You know, Hobbs, wrong, you know what was wrong with that? You know what was wrong with that? First of all, I thought that promo was good. You know what uh-huh. was wrong with it? They were trying to heal mm. it up with rock. He's making fun of Salt Lake City, Utah. That's too easy. It is too easy. But I'll <laughs> be like, sure to come yeah, back. I mean, he, like, they could sing the. <laughs> they could have sang the. But I'll be sure to come back when the Lakers beat the Jazz in May. It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have the same. Danny Ainge is already on the case. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, Todd Weber. I love you, but you know how I love the ne- the kneeling of the kings. Um, Tyrese. All right. So. Because <laughs> uh, it's second to be the Queens now. Yeah. We did miss the Osprey Takeshita match, which I, I think will be the match uh, of the night. Oh shit, I did miss it. <laughs> I skipped over and so, I skipped over just so I could make fun of Eddie Kingston longer. Yes, you um, did. Don't worry, Will <laughs> Osprey is going to be flying around so much you're not going to see him anyway. That match <laughs> this, is, uh, this is his first official match in AEW. He's had matches yeah. there, but this is the first one where he's an official member of the uh, roster. I think I think the match will be fine. Obviously, he'll win. Fine. I think it's going to be fine. I'm and giving it five stars. stars right now, and I haven't even <laughs> seen it yet. Yeah. Is the all right? Th- this is where I do the exposition because I actually watch him. Um, Kanosuke Takeshita is the alpha. He beat Omega clean. Uh, he beat Jericho clean just recently on Dynamite. So he's the other guy who's really well protected in Don Callis's family. Now they're gonna wrestle. He's gonna have Osprey wrestle Takeshita, who's also part of the Don Callis family. But they're sort of doing this thing where, like, you know, um, metal, uh, you know, uh. What's that old phrase about uh, uh, iron, uh, iron and iron, or something like that? I don't iron know. Iron. Yeah, something like that. I'm not an archaeologist, but anyways, <laughs> uh, Osprey is Osprey got a big time babyface reaction. Huge presentation. It's going to be impossible to not cheer him. He will go over on Takeshita. It will be an awesome match. It'll probably get about 15 or 17 minutes. I do not think he'll be a part of the family, but they uh, uh, soon. But they might tease something where he's still part of the family, but he's the only one that the fans actually like, and everybody hates Callus. I would like to see Seth Rollins wear uh, a lion's head the night after WrestleMania. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. <laughs> I'm being such a dick tonight. I know. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, you will Every like. Osprey, I'm trying to think of it now because he's actually wrestled off and on with um, AEW since. Uh, uh, 2022 every match he's had tag or singles has been a knockout so i know he can't keep that keep that up forever i know he can't he'll have <laughs> some stinkers he'll have some pay-per-view matches that nobody cares about but he is not disappointed yet i think he's will's the best gonna, wrestler I, in the world i think will no he's not <laughs> you the haven't watched wrestler. a lot of osprey this last year and a half like, dave the best in the world is, is are you disagreeing with dave Meltzer? 
The best in the world have the strongest triceps. Ah, shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. no, you um, like. I am going to see this. been on another level. I'm going to respectfully, respectfully disagree with you, Steve, which makes me want to jump out the window. Um, Will's going to win the title before Swerve does. Okay. I actually Dude, agree. G- give me, give me Will Osprey versus Swerve Strickland, and main event that in a pay per view. Uh, I could see Will winning the title in Wembley. Why not? Yeah. He drives when he drives instead of swerves when he drives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my, my uh, back. Um, the this is this is silly, but one of my favorite moments with Osprey coming in is that they used his not the United Empire theme, which sucked, but his uh, elevated theme song, which I absolutely it's an absolute banger. You once you get it in your head, it's never going to leave. The small things that I like, and I, that makes me believe that Okada is going to come in with his New Japan theme as well. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. After he but brings you know some money in the bank. Case. You know what's going to drive me crazy? Okada's t-shirts are going to suck. Yes. Because because AEW t-shirts yeah, suck. Yeah, they are not good. They suck. Yeah. And Okada's... I'll just, say, I'll just say this. When I went to Dynamite New Orleans... The line at merch was not very long. That's all I'm going to say. Their shirts yeah, and suck. And they only had terrible. like six, probably. Doesn't yeah, necessarily mean that people don't wear the merch. I was literally wearing a Danhausen shirt when I went to the show, but it was because I ordered it. You know, that like people aren't going to be like, oh, man, that's a cool looking shirt. That's where WWE's got them beat. Where it's like you walk through their merch stand, you're like, damn, that's kind of cool. You know, that's it's just a different. It's just I a saw Chad. Chad Campbell things. bought a badass uh for he bought the shirt it's like a cartoon shirt and it's the cartoon of rock slapping cody it's actually a pretty funny shirt it's <laughs> there, pretty um i was you know like wwe has gone downhill too and i don't blame wwe on this i blame fanatics uh because since they made the switch over there's like a like significant drop in the merch uh, that they offer. Uh, like, I, I don't think gonna... it's. Yeah, I agree with you on that, uh, Steve. And the evidence is the fact that the major league jerseys look like. Hot yeah, garbage. that's what I was about yeah. to say. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, not, sports, the thing, that's not the only thing. That's the thing that's dropping on fanatics. People's nutsacks yeah. are dropping in those uniforms too. Yeah, pretty like, much. But and my favorite, funny. my favorite act in WWE is um, was Damage Control, um, and I was looking for some sort of shirt with the five of them. And now I know that, you know, they've split. Uh, there are none. And I'm not saying they're sold out. They don't exist. They never yeah. existed. I agree like, with you. I was having to, like, look on Etsy <laughs> like to find if there are any homemade ones. I mean, so, yeah, NIL, one... NIL's been around for three years. We can't get this shit going with college. Like, come on, man. <laughs> oh. I just want my I just want my game to come out in July, and I don't want anybody to stop it. But from no, Scott, thing. I do want your take really quickly on those nut hugger baseball jerseys. because they, they suck. Well, the what? pants, I, the pants I didn't even things. think about. I'm a Jersey guy. Everybody knows it. I, I always, yep. like, I've, like I've said in the past to Steve, I got athletes hanging in my closet. Eric Dickerson's mm-hmm. dead body is in my closet. <laughs> I'm a Jersey guy. They look fucking terrible. They're too tight. The, the stitching looks cheap. Why did they make the fucking name, name plate so fucking small now? They're just garbage. They don't yeah, look change, right. They look stretchy. They look anything like Anything you change at wholesale is so noticeable. I, even though I think people have gotten used to it now, Nike took over the NFL apparel like about a decade ago and they just looked different and people didn't like it, but now no, people got awful. used to it. Now they be, yeah, they, they now they got, yeah, they're not going to, I think they're going to have it revamped by opening day because it's universal. 
Yeah. And they sell those. And yeah, people are not going to buy them. Who's going to uh, buy them? I, I can get those on my, you know, on my, uh, you know, my, my sites that I can't say out loud for $20. I'm not buying my, that piece of shit for 150 or 175. No way. My kids, my 13 year old screen printed locally jerseys look better than those. Yeah, they look like garbage. They look terrible. And WWE has not had now homage. Their t-shirts are awesome. Their their shirts are awesome. Homage has awesome shirts. I have two. I have uh, I my uh, Savage Steamboat WrestleMania three that I wore at SummerSlam. Uh, sadly, you didn't get to see it. Oh, Steve, my the Starcade shirt that I wore. Well, it almost stuck to me at Beppo's or Zippo's. Oh, got it. <laughs> I think I think God. the I think the dye almost I think the dye almost soaked into my skin. <laughs> oh my God! Thank God. I don't ever tell you about that. Like we're going off, you know, off, but that's fine because we're just talking and having a good time. Um, I actually talked to Wei Ting from Post because um, uh-huh. he and John were at that show. Uh-huh. Um, and they were I, I, I we didn't actually see each other um, because they left. They were going to do a broadcast on it afterwards, but they left because it was so hot. They just couldn't take it anymore. Um, and they just like they're pretty positive. They just yeah. went off on what a horrid facility that was. That place was a fucking death trap. It, it There was heat. It was too hot. It, it was, was at least fucking, 90 in there. No, no joke. No, possibly a hundred. Steve, it was, I mean, boogie. It was bad. I mean, what we're talking about is the, the venue SummerSlam weekend in Detroit where GCW had their show. Oh, and, okay. I mean, there were, there were police taped off areas that clearly had cancer hanging off. So of it. which, co- which um, COVID, which COVID yeah. variant was born in that one? <laughs> um, um, it was one that was possibly killed by all the marijuana smoke. Yeah, that um, too. Because everyone and, was just lighting up fucking, in the show. Yeah, it was. No one it cares. Was just, and I mean, I'm looking at those other knuckleheads that, and you, that spent fuck knows how much in that pit of evil. Um, I, I just think <laughs> I, it was just. Well, it was I, just I left. I left for the one match and hung out with you. You did. Oh, like, you pretty did. much the outside because I just couldn't take it anymore. It was yeah. It was brutal. I was. Uh, it was good to see. You know what? The one thing I will take from that show. It was the first time I finally got to meet. JD in person. That was yeah. And oh, seeing you, of course, loving seeing you all the time. I don't get to and do that. and Jordan felt the exact same way that yeah. that we did. Yeah, no, it was awesome. But uh, that place is a fucking shithole, and I'm glad I'm still I'm fortunate to be alive. Uh, both of us. Anyway, that was <laughs> that that Starcade shirt I wore. Anyway, the whole reason we were talking about this is that Starcade shirt, my Starcade '83 shirt that I wore that night was a homage, and I think they're great quality. Listen, I'm wearing right now. I'm not even joking. Right now, I'm wearing my Allison K NWA T-shirt. And this thing, I think, is very comfortable, and I think the printing yeah, is actually nice. So it was very nice. I'll take a picture of it. Um, anyway, all right, so we got two matches left. Uh, Orange Cassidy, who – now, Steve knows this. Boogie, now, you, 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 you've, you've just come back recently, but, but Steve can attest to this, all right? I fucking hated this guy for, like, three years. The gimmick was obnoxious shit, and I think that his – Wrestling ability was obscured by the whole hands in my pants, Gen Z fucking crap. Having said that, I think he has been fantastic as international champion. I think I really I believe that, Steve. I'm dead serious. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, he's been he's great as international champion. He's figured out uh, how to c- combine them somehow. Yeah. Having said that, he is losing Sunday to Roddy yeah, Strong. I agree. 
he's going to lose because that that's I, that I, I will third that I yeah. I think that the steam's starting to kind of come off of it and I think Orange is like kayfabe in real life I think he's ready for a break mm-hmm. you know well that man this, has worked so hard over the last yeah. year he was the no, 2023 AEW MVP he did yeah, everything he, he could he uh he um uh and that faction needs some juice so the thing that really sucked, and I already said this two weeks ago when I was on the show, is that Adam Cole was not the one in that spot. If it was Adam Cole trying to take that belt off of Orange Cassie, that Orange helped build, that would have been more callous, no pun intended, and that would have been more like devious. And I would have liked that. And I think the match, I think Roddy Strong is a really, really good wrestler. I just think that once they took the comedy out of it, once the big reveal uh, occurred, it hasn't really been as fun and Cole being on the sidelines uh, having to be the head of the stable just doesn't work and I think I think the match can be really good it's not going to be a good way to end it versus the all the different matches that Orange has had as the international champion Mm -hmm. which have been phenomenal he main evented a pay-per-view where he dropped the belt of Moxley so I think I think that Orange can definitely have a great match with Roddy. I like the fact that they had built this match probably for about a month and a half. Um, right. But I think there's a reason why it doesn't have as much juice as maybe like four or five others. And it's because I think there's an inevitability to the finish. People think a lot of people are convinced that orange is going to lose. And, uh, and also the fact that I just don't think people are that interested in Roddy strong as a champion. Yeah. I think that creatively, I don't think they like the decision-making. Yeah, but that that faction needs some sauce. They and, do. Yeah. Oh, they do. they do. Yeah. And I think that's I think right now with Cole Hurt, that's where we're going to get it along with everybody else. All right, and finally the match, uh, Sting and Darby against the Bucks. Uh, everyone thinks the Bucks are going to win because you got to get the belts off them, which is yeah. probably one reason why Sting didn't want the belts in the first place. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any problem with. Sting and Darby retaining, and then Wednesday night on Dynamite, Sting hands Darby the belt and says, you pick your own partner. Sting's not going to be there because they promoted that last Dynamite as his last Dynamite, so I don't think he's going to be there. All right, then maybe he hands the belt to Darby Sunday night. Sunday night when the match is Or at the press conference. Right, and then, oh, God. Fucking press conference. I don't believe it. Where Tony Khan looks like a Bolshevik. (laughs) I hate hate both of those. They're 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 so stupid. They are stupid. They're both for different reasons. it a little bit. And then, like, somebody always says something really stupid during the AEW one. Like, there's no... The WWE one is just... And then the discourse involves... Well, why did you ask such a stupid question if you call yourself a journalist? Because they're not journalists. No, they're not. They're playing. <laughs> they're, they're fucking. They're, they're. They're. I mean, and the WWE ones. Why doesn't just Triple H say something? The only one. The only. Re, the only thing that I like just a little bit more about WWE's is it's shorter. It's Triple H. It's a couple of the main players of that show, and then we're done. The thing I don't mind AEW having all the talent, but why does Tony got to sit there and hold their fucking hand? <laughs> like, why does he have to sit there for the whole two hours? You know, do like Triple H does: come out at the beginning, say some stuff, then move on, get up and leave. I, and I think there is like, a lot of. I think when Tony is there, there's a lot of unintentional comedy, though, and I don't. <laughs> 
I don't think, again, <laughs> it's unintentional. So I don't think Tony Khan looking like a shell-shocked uh, shocked fan while CM Punk destroys his company within a matter of 90 minutes is, like, something that he envisioned. But Greatest Buffett ever! <laughs> it happened. So sometimes some really fun stuff comes out of those. Greatest Buffett ever! But, um, so I... But the so. site of the the site of the farewell match will be great. It's going to be sixteen thousand people. Greensboro Coliseum has been updated over the years, but it's still the old arena from the beginning, and it's going to be packed and it's going to look awesome. It's going to be a combination of a lot of new school fans. I bet you a lot of old school fans are going to come out too. Um, yeah, I, I think Sting and Darby are winning for sure. I think that Tony Khan has uh, way too much. Remember, he's a WCW guy. Like, I think he has like way too much respect for Sting to do anything else. And I don't think he's going to do like that old McMahon trope that he used to do of like having people lose in their, oh, no, you know, no, their no, hometown or no have way. And yeah, WWE I, I don't, has, that's why I think the additional match idea conspiracy I have is not going to happen. I just don't see it. I'd also love to see via Star K97. I'd like to see a crow video package right before mm. that would be really cool the problem is is you're not going to get a great press conf uh, a great montage because vince owns all well i'm not gonna say vince anymore uh rom emmanuel or ari emmanuel ah, one of the emmanuel just do rom people are rom like, emmanuel talking about it's tom, ari uh tom kane from uh the show boss he was the mayor of chicago <laughs> um i just watched that great show love you kelsey Grammer. it was a great show um uh, Kelsey Grammer uh, owns WWE. That would be amazing. He's so amazing. No, How much um, of a share does Lilith own? You're gonna bring the divas, <laughs> the diva matches back, and it's gonna be toss salad and Sam. Uh, toss salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> toss salad match. <laughs> and Conan's gonna be the special guest referee. Oh no, that's Nick Patrick. That's Nick Patrick is a special referee. <laughs> All right. So there's our uh, there. I, I, I do think I would love to see Tony. This is where one thing where I, I like Tony in the spot because he is a he is a a, a, a a mark like we are. I would love to see them uh I would love to see him make the AEW aprons look like the nineteen eighty eight NWA ones, the green mm-hmm. with the that would be neat. Um have like the AEW look like the TBS with the AEW and block letters. Like that would be pretty mm-hmm. cool. But we'll see. All right, so there's your AEW Revolution uh, picks. Uh, we hope you enjoyed them. All right, here's my question, guys. I know we went a little longer, but we were having fun making fun of that stink joint in Detroit and terrible baseball. <laughs> you know. But anyway, um, all right, so I saw this story today on Cultaholic Wrestling. And the I, Steve, I, I mean, I know we were, you guys are both going to be on tonight. But you, Steve, in particular, remind, made me think of this because of your professional background. So apparently Monday night, uh, it was a SmackDown house show, of course, because they run house shows on Mondays when Raw is, does Raw. And to give you a little background, we all know that Maxine Dupree is, you know, she's not, she's not well known in, in terms of in-ring. Of course, she was Max Dupree's, you know, sidekick running the male model thing. But then when they realized that gimmick sucked, they made, they turned him back to LA Knight and we're all good. Uh, and she did that for a little while and then went and joined Gable and, and Otis. She's slowly learning to be a wrestler. She's slowly getting there. She's not perfect, but she's she's getting there. Well, I guess there was she was on a house show Monday night, 
I don't know where they were. And the fans were ruthless to her. Mm. And they were catcalling her. And they apparently they threw things at her. They were chanting, you wow. suck, as she was walking up the ramp. Apparently, Rhea Ripley lost her shit on Twitter and told and, you know, kind of told the fans off. My question is to both of you, but I'll start with you, Steve, because this uh, this may be kind of a different answer from you than maybe from Boogie for different reasons. But I understand. There is. Most wrestling fans feel that if you pay to go in, you are entitled to act any way you want, which, of course, is, you know, within legal reasons. However, when does it get when does it go too far when you go from booing a heel or booing a character to flat out catcalling and disgracing someone who's in there trying to work their butt off in a match? And I thought we were past a lot of this, you know, you know, uh, like it's like the. I like when I read I didn't read the whole thing and I thought they were just kind of booing her and but that's a lot like throwing stuff should never happen. This isn't Nitro where it's just people were conditioned every single Monday night to just throw stuff in the ring, which was ridiculous. Um, Like it's okay to like boo or, you know, worst case scenario, do the like the dumb like scene like like you can't wrestle chant or something like that. But and these things tend to have groupthink that go along with them. Like if a few people do it, then a, a bunch of other people hop on. Um, so hopefully that does. It's a house show, so didn't show up on TV. So hopefully it won't go there. But that would be my my guess is that's what happened. A few people did it, and a bunch of other people just piled on. Uh, that's just a, like psychological. Like this bothers me. I didn't know that it was this bad. Yeah, no, I'm not going to rip on WWE, but they aren't doing they didn't do her any favors by not like sending her back to NXT once they split everything up. If she wasn't ready to be on TV, like I know, like I watched the Rumble and she didn't look that good in it. And that might be where some of the criticisms are coming from. But man, let's do better. It's it's 2024. The, The thing that I've really liked about going to wrestling shows like the last uh, like especially since COVID, but even a little bit before COVID, is that it was like, like people are generally more positive, and it's more of like a community experience. And you don't like, man, you get like twenty years ago, and some of the things that crowds were chanting at performers, and you know, encouraged by like ECW and stuff, were horrific, and it just felt like. Now everyone just kind of gets along and it's like going to a, like an act, like a baseball game where it's chill and people are, they'll cheer. They might do chants. Um, look at some of these great uh, shows WWE has been having in uh, foreign countries and how well they've come off on TV and how much fun people seem to have. I, I just don't. I'm sorry. Like who, I, I'm surprised someone else didn't get on the mic during it. And tell them people to shut well, up. Well, let me read you. The, I found the story on. Uh, I found the story on on Cult Talk. So, although Babyface is part of Alpha Academy on WWE TV, Maxine Dupree was heavily booed following a WWE house show match in Oakland, California, on February seventeenth that saw her lose to Nia Jax. Well, that doesn't help for the begin with. One oh, fan geez. even shouted, "Who thought of that?" One fan, 
I know. One fan even shouted, you suck, Maxine. Don't come back. Mm-hmm. The boos from those in attendance largely went unnoticed until a Maxine Dupree fan on X posted a clip of the incident with the caption, this poor girl is getting booed at a house show for trying to get better. Wrestling fans suck. And, and they do. Reaction to the incident was split online between, but Dupree's colleagues have rallied to her defense with women's world champion Rhea Ripley tweeting, I really wish that some of you got booed and ridiculed in the public eye while being new at your job. Learning and getting better is all part of being human. Be better as humans. Chelsea Green uh, defect, uh, def- defended her. Ivy Nile, Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Ra- Raquel Rodriguez, Britt Baker, a bunch of people. Some on X have defended the boos, however, arguing that fans who have paid to attend a show are allowed to react in any way they decide. Others have also stated that WWE has a performance center where talents can train without being exposed to booze at house shows. What are, what are your thoughts on that, Steve? And then Boogie. Here. Can you say the last part? Like it kind of cut off like uh, the very last part. Oh, you sorry. Said about some on X have defended the booze, however, arguing that fans who have paid to attend a show are allowed to react in any way they decide. No, I don't. Stupid. I disagree with that. That's fucking stupid. It's called it's called human nature. Get a grip. You're mm-hmm. not trash. I can just Others do anything I want, huh? Yeah, exactly. Others have stated, and I, I got to be honest, Steve, I like 8% agree with this. WWE has a performance center where talents can train without being exposed to booze at house shows. Now, before you, before you say anything, I get that, but at the same time, that's like riding a bike with training wheels. Eventually, mm-hmm. you're going to be too comfortable in yes. an environment without an audience. And you need to go out there and and sink or swim. Why do you think they got rid of, and it was before COVID, they would go Mm -hmm. and do these loops in Florida with the the NXT people, more more like the the newer people, not like you're, you weren't having like like Joe and Nakamura or something going and having 30 minute matches, but they do like this little house show loop. Um, in front of like three, four hundred people to kind of get reps in in front of crowds. They're doing it now. They're they, doing that again. They kickstarted it probably about a year ago, but they didn't they have do it for so a long So many time. people. Yeah. So many people down there, and it's and, mainly in Florida. Yeah, like, but house shows is where you're supposed to learn, right? That's the whole point of them historically. Is one to you know draw like draw the house, but also to be able to, you know, do 10, 15 minute matches and kind of call them in the ring and get used to doing this stuff. And then you learn how to react to those crowds and how to react to hostile crowds. Um, I guess that's a negative about, you know, the systems of not having people wrestle on the indies first so they can, because you can shout back at people on the indies or much smaller crowds. You're, you know, actually working the crowd a bit more. Whereas in like AEW and, and WWE, you're more working the cameras. Um, but they, like, like yeah, people are saying, oh, I can say whatever I want. You know, it's a free country or I paid my money for this ticket. Like, shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> like, like, oh, you can go to a movie. You paid a ticket for that. Are you allowed to just like shout obscenities at the performers? You know, you also have people around you. You have yeah, those house shows, especially have tons of kids at them because those are the ones that are affordable for families. Yeah, it's gross. I can understand like, you know, people being unhappy with her because she's just not that good yet. But 
you know, just God, it's like I said, it's 2024. I know it's wrestling. I know it's sleazy. I know you probably see, you'll see these people in every sport as well. Right. But like, just do better. Like it's, you're supposed to be having fun. I can't imagine anyone around you is having fun seeing you do that. Right. And what throwing stuff too, like throwing. I'm sorry to monopolize this. A no, little I'd say bit, throwing like, stuff. Is, throwing stuff's inexcusable. I'm sorry. Throwing yeah. Inexcusable. Like yeah, like throwing stuff at the wrestling because you're gonna miss. You're not gonna like just. You're gonna hit somebody. Right. You're gonna hit like a ten year old with your beer. Right. Yep. I agree. What are your thoughts, Boogie? Um. I mean, everybody. I think uh, you and Steve. I think put a lot of what I what I felt about it into. I think y'all hit it pretty well. What I'll say is this. The truth is somewhere in between for all of these things when there's an incident like this that happens and people start – anytime there's discourse of, oh, are the fans right and not thinking this this performer sucks? And mm-hmm. um, and admittedly, she is bad. I, I She is. Mm-hmm. She's. She, I would call her a – I mean, I, 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 I'm pretty sure Maxine Dupree, the real life person, is a really nice, well woman, and she's trying to get better. But in terms of her performance, I would, I would probably give her like a four out of ten. You know, she's sloppy. She's missed a lot of, like, she misses almost all her spots. That some people were like doing like. But here's the thing: this is the this is the part in wrestling where, especially when you get into a small group and or audience. Uh, that can easily be influenced. We're having too much information about people can make something worse and give the you, you can get the worst tendencies out of people. So if people know every little thing about Maxine Dupree, if they see like a spot where she takes a Yokozuna splash from Nia Jackson, she doesn't sell it. Oh my God, she's the worst. It's a fucking house show. Mm-hmm. Okay, house shows are not just where you need to get better, or need to learn, which because you can, because there's no cameras there. But also, you can cut up. Like if you make a mistake, it's okay because it's a house show. Nobody saw it. Well, in today's internet, everybody sees everything. Everything. Um, sure. I feel bad. I felt really bad when I saw that. Uh, Julia Hart went through this when she got a dynamite match and she hadn't really wrestled too many matches uh, on dark, and she stunk it up. Yeah. And she was twenty, and she. I think she tweeted back, "I'm 23." Like well, I don't was, even think she's that old yet. You know, <laughs> she was like 1920 when she started there. She, and you know, and I, I really hope for this for Maxine Dupree. You know, Steve, what was important about that story? Julia Hart got better. Mm-hmm. She got better. She turned that into a narrative. In fact, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't watch WWE all the time, but I'm pretty sure the vignettes involving Alpha Academy with Maxine Dupree in it was her being a square peg in a round hole because she didn't know how to actually wrestle and the other two did. Mm-hmm. So right. the narrative was that they were trying to teach her how to wrestle. You know, what's funny too about this is like the, I, I you know, Scott, you and I talked about this uh, when Steve wasn't on, but I'll say it again because you told me this and I, I agree. And I think all three of us are in agreement on this one. I think we're in the best era of quality of in-ring product in the history of professional wrestling. It's yeah. just – it's not that it's too good. Yeah. It's never too good. Like there's always – bad. it can always be better in WWE and AEW and on the indie scene. But the, 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 the par that you have to be at in order to be at, at the professional – like the high-level professional wrestling is very high. You have to be a good wrestler. Like it yeah. is not good enough to be Duke, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying Maxine is Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, okay? In the ring right now, she probably is. Like, but 
I want her to be able to make turn a negative into a positive. You mm-hmm. know, I remember in 1997 there was this uh the, there was this upstart wrestler who people didn't really like because they thought he was a bad wrestler. They told him to die. I wonder what happened to that guy. You know, he slapped Cody and told him to die. <laughs> I um, just Maxine gets better in the ring because she does need improvement. It is noticeable, but my God, I guess my, have these, I guess my point, can we, Scott, can we make these fans do like retro rewatches of 2009 Raws so that they can understand what the fuck we had to go through where we had yeah, to watch I, Kelly Kelly and, and Layla absolutely stink it up for 15 minutes. But here's the thing. I'm not even more concerned. I agree with you, Boogie, I, I, but I'm not even more so much concerned about the wrestler talent aspect of it. It's just the human nature aspect of it. Like, like. Yeah, I'm seeing more as in the rest. I thought we've evolved. I feel like we've evolved as humans even over the past several years. But I feel like wrestling fans are still just troglodytes. I mean, I just it's a fucking shame. I think I think I think wrestling fans are just like cinema fans. They are inherent snobs. (laughs) I'm 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 including myself and I'm including us where you look and you go into something with a pretense or an agenda. Where you go in and you say, eh, I don't think this person's going to prove much to me. And even if they go out there and have a good match, you're like, yeah, it didn't really change my mind. You know, that's why I like watching shows in a vacuum. Like Steve was saying, I like going to a show just to have fun. I don't think about the like the context of, oh, how is this going to affect the long term? I want to have a, I just want to watch good wrestling. You know right. who was the best women's wrestler I saw in AEW in the New Orleans spots? Queen Aminata, who I never saw. You know, and I like I enjoy the fact that I saw a wrestler I never saw and she impressed me. I don't go yeah. in with this preconceived notion. Of, yeah, I saw all Maxine's Dupree's matches on NXT and she sucks and I'm going to boo every move she does because she sucks. That's stupid. You know? I uh, I don't said pretentious. I was at uh, Supercard of Honor in 2013 when uh, uh, at the at uh, Hammerstein and. uh. I was sitting, Dr. G and I and a couple of the people, I think with JR and a couple of other people, were sitting in a row, and there was these two very large men, uh, both wearing sweatpants. Um, and I had said, I forgot what the match was on the card. This is the one where uh, Jay Briscoe beat Steen. Sure. And, and uh, I said something, and the guy turned around and said, why don't you go back to your computer, you mark? I don't even know what the hell I said. I said... <laughs> So I got up and I said, why don't you wear something with a belt? <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm like, why don't you not smell like cheese? You know, mm-hmm. it's just, oh my God. Anyway. That's why, that's why for me, laughter is always the great. Equal yeah. Part. I mean, I just, if you I make just somebody play. laugh. Even if you're mad at them, they're not going to say anything back to you because you made them laugh. Yeah. So that's what I, I try to kill them with kindness. But yeah, there, I have had interactions with fans. Oh, I wasn't. Like, I just wanted to kill them. I just you want know, to but, kill him. But WWE, but is right. di- WWE is a different animal from AEW and from TNA. And I've been to all three shows in the last two years, and they're all different. Like, WWE is um, – it, it's like going to Disney World. You know, it's like it's uh, everybody right. – like the kids are marks, you know, they, and, and I mean that in a very nice – Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Nice yeah, I like, like that. They like, like they cannot believe these people are real. And right. they love to love Cody Rhodes, and they love to hate Dominic Mysterio. And here we are on the internet bitching and moaning because some people on X, like you said, think that Dominic Mysterio's booze are piped. Shut up. 
<laughs> heat is heat. You're in the re- you're in the arena, and you know what you know who's getting the best reactions and who's not. And half of those um, assholes probably still think that probably think Dominic's actually dating Rhea Ripley. And the worst so. thing you can get is <laughs> and the worst thing in wrestling you can get is silence. So you know, at least and, Max, yeah. he's not getting silence. I just hope she could take a negative and turn into a positive. We just had a, an uh, elimination chamber match with the women. I thought it was great. I thought it was the best match of the four matches on the card. Tiffany Stratton just got cheered religiously in Australia for no reason for no reason and I'm I not saying Tiffany Stratton. Stratton didn't deserve it I love Tiffany Stratton but sometimes it just happens sometimes it's just yeah. very like a uh, spontaneous I agree with you no you're right yeah. all right boys this went a little longer than I thought but we had a good time tonight we uh yeah. goofed off made fun of shit but I really wanted to, I really wanted to bring that up I know it wasn't part of the AW the preview but I really wanted to bring that up it hit me today when I was watching I I that's the one wrestling thing I follow on YouTube it's Cultaholic. They're a bunch of guys in the UK. They're a lot of fun. And I saw that story, and I, I wanted to talk to you about it. So that'll do it for this week's special episode of Main Event. We will be back next week with a regular episode. We will uh, talk about this show postmortem and look ahead to um, – uh, I believe we can preview TNA's Sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. TNA sacrifice. We're gonna have to figure next that uh, TNA plus out so I can watch some of these. Because yeah, yeah, you have to. I saw um, a very, I saw a clip version of the Ali Saban match. Awesome. Yeah, Ali's it was very good. so good. He, yeah, Ali's amazing. got something to prove. It was the main event of the No Surrender show in Louisiana. Yeah, after you, if you guys, for those that do watch No Surrender, go on to uh, our our you know our our site place to be or go wherever you your podcast catchers are. Dr. G and I did a great uh, reaction special to TNA No Surrender earlier in the week, and uh, we hope you like it if after you watch it. But, of course, Sacrifice is the next one, and then the next actual pay-per-view will be Rebellion, uh, which will be back out in Vegas. That is on April 20th. Oh, God. I don't want to be in Vegas April 20th. Woo! Oh, man. I almost fucking fainted. to begin with. Uh, yeah, exactly. I almost fainted. Anyway. Uh, join, uh, follow us uh, at PTBN Wrestling on uh, Twitter. Uh, keep following us. We had a great week this week, as mentioned. Uh, new episode of Wrestle Tracks. New episode of Nation Invasion uh, with Mr. Groomberg. New episode of With This Ring. We got a bunch of stuff coming up this week as well. Uh, so uh, just stay with us. It's heading into the home stretch of WrestleMania season, and we will be doing our Mega WrestleMania preview. Steve, we're not going to forget. We're going to read every single match that will be wrestled in that city. Well, maybe not all of them. And, then, of course, that will drop on uh, on uh, Friday, uh, April 5th, right before the weekend. So there you go. All right. Have a wonderful uh, weekend, everybody. For Brother Boogie and Brother Steve and Brother Scott, you've been in the main event. We will talk to you in one week. Hey, Scott, I saw the OC was on NXT. They're, they're like, one's a short, bald one, one's a tall, bald one. The short, bald one, what's his name again? Um, I don't remember. Oh, I just looked it up. Carl Anderson. Wait a minute. Isn't that the quarterback of the Bengals? <laughs> Shut up, Rich. <laughs> Ha 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 ha!